Good evening, everyone. I am so glad that you could join us this evening. And I'm thankful that we, as the body of Christ, have the privilege of gathering together, even if it does have to be online. And we can study his word and draw closer to him through this time. This week, we're having a barbecue. It goes right along with the 4th of July. But what we're doing is looking at some possible sacred cows that pop up in our midst. And tonight, we'll be looking at self-determination and how the word relates to this topic. So let's begin with prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so very, very good to us. We can feel your presence, Lord, and we ask you to lead and guide us. Lord Jesus, help us to understand your will for our lives. Lord, let's look at your word and let it be the determining factor in our, the decisions that we make. Lord, be with us in this study, in Jesus' name, amen. My first thought is that it's human to want your own way. You know, my life, my body, my rights, my freedoms. And this evening, we're going to look at this through the lens of the scriptures. Romans chapter 8 begins with a beautiful statement in verses 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So it's wonderful that the spirit has freed us from the power of sin. You know, and, and we like being free, but how are we to use this freedom? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. We don't belong to ourselves. God paid for us. So we should honor him with our body and with all that we do. First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 22 is a call for holy living. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. See, that's where our hope is. It's in him, in his salvation. It's not in this world and in the things that are in this world. So verse 14, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into the old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. So it's not about our own desires anymore. We belong to him. Verse 17, and remember that the whole heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. 
So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. I think back to the time when the slogan was no fear. And that's not a good thing. You know, we don't need to be scared of God, but we do need to have a reverent uh, respect to be in awe of him. And we're temporary residents here. We're not going to be on this earth forever. So we have more to consider than just what feels good today. Uh, verse 18, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. And now in these last days, he has revealed, been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. So you know, we have to remember that God chose us. He bought us, he paid for us and we belong to him. Verse 22, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truths. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. And this idea of love, which we're considering in our small groups now with the fruit of the spirit. There's, there's a contrast between living for ourselves and living for others. And we have to look at these things. That's where the barbecue comes from this time. We are just not, uh, we were bought with a price. We have to consider that. So let's look at Jesus's greatest commandment. Uh, in Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40, Jesus is asked what his most important commandment is. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. When we filter our thoughts and actions, through this lens, our reactions are refined to give us the mind of Christ. Okay, why is this? Consider rights. It's a controversial topic, especially right now. Remember that we are Christians first. These principles that Jesus so perfectly illustrated give us a picture of how he viewed rights. Though he was without sin, he chose to take on the sins of the whole world. Did he exercise his rights? No, he did not. And in Matthew 26, 39, he went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done not mine. Jesus didn't demand his rights. He did the exact opposite. 
1 Corinthians 10, 23 says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So there's that sacred cow popping up again. In all we do, we must consider how our choices will affect those around us and how it will affect our Christian witness. Romans 12, 19 through 21 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. That doesn't come natural, does it? If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. See, this is how God views our rights. His way of handling slights and infringements is to heap on love and kindness. It will yield results and make the offender feel shame, but seeking revenge will cause them to feel justified. Consider as a church body, our mission statement is, all making disciples of all. What we do does not just affect us. It affects everyone around us. We must view our lives through the lens of all making disciples of all. In our small groups this term, we've been examining the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love is the starting point for joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. One of the reflections in our last lesson was to spend time memorizing 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. Amazing, amazing things happen when we take the principles from this chapter and hide them in our hearts. Many years ago, I think it was 1989, I felt impressed to memorize this chapter and I worked at it for quite some time, but it prepared me for a lot of people that were going to come and be with us that, that needed someone to love them. Then this week I came across an idea to insert my own name in place of love in verses four through seven of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And consider this truly is a description of the person that I am. It was a real eye opener. This exercise puts the quest for our rights under the control of the spirit. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through seven, but I'm going to insert my own name in place of love. As I read it, I'd like for you to insert your name in place of love. It emphasizes just how far we all have to go. So 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven, with a slight variation. Debbie is patient and kind. Debbie is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. 
Debbie does not demand her own way. Debbie is not irritable. Debbie keeps no record of being wronged. Debbie does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Debbie never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Wow, what a, what a tall order. And it points out to me just how far I need to go. So, so consider this exercise. Loving others in, is in direct conflict with being my own person. Oh, Lord, help us. So this week, um, from the small group groups, I'm going to suggest continue memorizing 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And number two, spend time in prayer and ask God to help you identify the sacred cows in your life, what your idols are. Let's close in prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus, we have so far to go to be like you, but that is our goal. So, Lord, work on our hearts. Help us to grow in you. Help us to be self-sacrificing the way that you were. Lord, help us to follow your example. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, thank you for being with us this evening. I love you all. God bless you and have a good night.